So um, I'd like to welcome you to the South Bay Missions Vespers. This is a unique Vespers because of COVID, uh, whatever that is, the virus. <laughs> We're not able to do a regular live Vespers. So we thought we would use our TV set here that we do our 3ABN show on and just talk about the recent trip that a number of us went on to India. We went there um, just... Uh, what is this? This is the end of March. So we went there the end of January. So January, February, March, two months ago. Mm -hmm. And so we, there's a number of people in the area that um, haven't had a chance to share and talk about the trip. And so we figured we'd do that now and uh, before it gets too old and uh, do that from our studio. So we're going to do like one at a time, but there's only five or so here. Uh, we're going to try to bring somebody else in that's traveling right now, driving from New York down to Boston or up to Boston. I don't know. Anyway, they're <laughs> traveling. So we'll see if that'll work. I don't know if it'll work or not. Um, the first person that we would like to interview is uh, Hannah Job. And uh, Hannah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I Close. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Hannah. Um, and I've been working with Jesus for Asia for close to a year now as a writer. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to um, write stories that we hear from our Bible workers and evening schools and other mission projects in India and all over. Um, but I hadn't ever been to Asia before. And so I was really excited for this opportunity to get to go to India for the first time and see it for myself so I could really get a feel for like how the culture is and what it's like. Okay, so um, when you first went there, uh, what was your impressions of uh, India? Um, I think in some ways I wasn't that surprised with what I saw because I'd had a lot of people telling me a lot about different things that it's a lot louder than we're used to. It's a lot busier than we're used to. There's a lot of people everywhere and the traffic can be kind of crazy. Um, um, and I was expecting some of that, but I think probably one of the things that did surprise me the most was probably how there's such a big difference between um, like the really rich and they're really poor and they're living right next to each other. Like you'll have this nice fancy house and this little shack on the side of the road. And that really made, I don't know, that, that kind of impacted me a lot. Um, just the differences, you don't see that here in America. We kind of keep the, the more wealthy people to themselves and separate. We don't want to see um, the poverty and we don't want to think about it, but there it's just kind of. So do you think Everywhere. the poverty that you saw there and the poverty that we have here in America about equal? No. <laughs> um, I mean, there are some similarities. I mean, you have homeless people here and homeless people there, but um, we have a lot better system for handling people who, who don't have work um, and a lot more opportunities for people who don't, like, have everything that they need. And they're... There's nothing because um, they, they kind of think that if you're born really poor and you don't have anything that it's because in your past life you did something bad and you kind of deserve it. Yeah. Um, and so there's not so many resources to help people. And so you just see people who are just starving 
and malnourished and they look so sick and yeah too many options for them no so describe a poor family here in America versus a poor family in India um I mean, like would a poor family here in America own a car? A lot of the time. Um, I mean, most places in America, you have to have a car to get around. It might be a pretty junky car. Mm -hmm. And obviously not everyone has a car, but most people here do. Mm -hmm. um, they have food stamps for people to be able to get um, something to eat. Um, they have um, housing for a lot of people, even if it's not very nice mm -hmm. and it's not something that we'd like to live in, at least it's something. Mm -hmm. um, there, it's like a couple of poles of, of bamboo or wood and, um, you know, maybe some palm fronds covering the top of it. Mm -hmm. Or there'll be people basically just living on their street and they'll have like clothes just hanging in trees mm -hmm. um, and their stuff just piling on the ground. And they'll just be like living on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. essentially. Okay. So let's get into your trip a little bit. Um, you were lucky enough to go with your father. Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, we've never been on a mission trip before. Um, and uh, even though we weren't preaching at the same church, like it was really cool to be able to like hear each other's experiences and like connect with him on that level. And um, was this so his was first time overseas or? No, he did a mission trip a few years ago to Zimbabwe, um, but he came to faith camp um, last October and, and he heard about this trip and decided that he wanted to get more involved in missions. And so he came and it was really cool. Nice. So uh, was this his normal Sabbath attire? <laughs> no. It's a nice suit he's got on. Yeah, it was really cool <laughs> to be able to to get some Indian clothes and um, dress like the people there dress. Um, and something that really helps like connect with the culture, which is was really cool. Okay, so um, has he worn that since he's come back? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he's not here today because he lives, what, eight hours away? Six hours. Six hours yeah, away. Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. So I really enjoyed having him there. He was in the room that I was in. There was four of us guys, and, and it was nice to get to know him. And he really stuck it out. He really was a trooper. He loved it, and um, it's really neat to, to hang out with him. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. So then um, this photo looks like a church. Yeah, so this is um, the church that I preached at with um, Lillian Adams. Um, mm. We were together. It was not the church that I would have picked originally. Mm. I kind of got a little bit of a, a, an advanced look at the churches um, and saw some of the pictures. And I saw that this one had a bathroom that I didn't think was all that nice. And so I was like, I don't want to go to this church. What do you mean by not all that it, nice? It was, it was dirty. It didn't have like a normal seat to it. Normal? Like what it, it what didn't have normal? a seat to it. It was just the basin. And then there was like a bucket and you poured the water into the bucket. Was it a Western toilet without the seat? Yeah, okay. it was a Western toilet without the seat. Okay. But it was dirty. And I was like, I don't want this church because that doesn't look very nice. And um, I think God has a sense of humor. <laughs> he put me in that church that I said I didn't want. The only church I said that I didn't want. But it ended up being like the best thing. Like mm. it was it was so special. And like we really felt like God put us there specifically on purpose. Wow. And so that was really cool. 
Wow. So you went there. How many nights was the meeting? Um, we had nine presentations, but eight nights of meetings. So okay. one of them was a Sabbath, and there were two. Okay. And this was it. This shot at the beginning of the series, or towards no, the toward end? the end. Okay. So. And that was the last night that was um, pretty close to the fullest it got, and you can't really tell, but there were also probably twenty or thirty more people outside the doors listening wow. as well. Um, which was really cool. Usually at the beginning of the meetings, um, not just at the beginning of the time there, but like earlier on, you know, like seven o'clock versus like eight 30. Mm. Um, there weren't very many people. And so mm. we didn't have that big of an expectation at the beginning, but it really like filled up, which was, which is really cool. Mm. A lot of these ladies will have to come home from working in the field, cook dinner for their family and then wash or whatever and come and Join the meeting. So, do you see any mm. friends in there now? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's hard to pick out. I think there's a couple people who are I know are in the picture that I can't pick out at the moment. But <laughs> um, yeah, definitely recognize a lot of the people. A lot of them came for most of the meetings. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. So, did you do the preaching or the health talk? Uh, we switched back and forth. So, okay. um, I think it was pretty close to equal. Yeah. And did you guys coordinate your your saris? <laughs> um, yeah, they were actually a gift um, from Israel, our director in India. When he came for faith camp last year, he got all of the um, women of JFA matching saris. And so we wanted to wear them um, kind of to show our appreciation. Okay. Um, and what did you think of the singing? Of the what? Of the singing. Oh, of the singing? Yes. <laughs> it was great. It was very different um, <laughs> from what they have in America. They don't have pianos or guitars, really. They had um, a, a drum to keep the rhythm and a, and a tambourine. And they were all very, um, very loud and enthusiastically singing, <laughs> which we were very glad, you know, that people were, were um, I think people enjoyed it, which was nice. And they were involved it wasn't just kind of sitting there watching yeah okay so tell me about these um so these the names of these girls are shalini and varshini and we met them on the first night um partially they came up to us after the meeting um and actually they speak english which we were kind of surprised because it was a really small village that we were in and not that many people in the smaller villages speak english um but Shalini, who's the one closest to me, came up to us at the end of the first meeting and was like, I really, really enjoyed the presentation, which was about creation. And she's like, I'd heard the story before, but with the pictures and all the story that you told, like, I really saw it in a new way. And we thought that that was like super cool. Um, and then the next night they weren't there, but the night after they came again and they were, um, we were there early. And so like we saw them, they were there helping a little bit with the evening school that had just opened, um, you know, singing with the kids. And then they were singing up in um, the front of the, for the song service, they were helping with that. And when they'd, um, um, when they were like having the sermon and they'd have a Bible verse up on the screen, they'd like read it out loud. In um, English? In, no, in Tamil. In Tamil. Yeah, they would um, kind of, they'd, actually the group kind of would read it. Th those who were able to read would, would read the verse with the like translator as we went kind of to get more involvement. Okay. Um, and so we thought it was really cool that there's these two young girls that are so involved in the church and like helping out. And then the next day we were able to like 
get to know them a little bit more and found out that they're both in college. One of them studying English, the other one studying physics. So that's kind of how, you know, they practice with each other, their English. Nice. And so, um, and they were super sweet. They even offered to give us food and, um, did you take it? Yeah, we did. It was good. They made lemon rice. It was super delicious, super wow. sweet. They invited us to their house. Unfortunately, we weren't able to go, but it was super sweet and we were super like glad to connect with them. Okay. But one of the most fascinating things is we didn't learn till about halfway through the week that these girls aren't actually Adventist. Um, we thought they were because they were so involved in, in helping out with the services and stuff. Um, but our translator told us um, that actually... 70% of the people coming to the meetings weren't Adventists. Praise the Lord. That um, they were mostly Christian. Uh, he said about 10% Catholic and maybe like 60% were Church of South India, which is more like the Protestant group. And so these girls were, were Christian, but they, they weren't Adventist. And so this was, um, was like something that was different for them. And... Um, they actually had been talking with our translator more and asking questions. And he said one of the nights that they were there, they stayed till like maybe 10 or 11 o'clock having a Bible study. Wow. And like, it was just so cool to like be able to connect with them, not even knowing their situation spiritually, but like that they were really like impacted by the meetings and that they were wanting to study the Bible more and learning about God more because... Um, because of the meetings and that, that we were there and be able to be friends with them was so special. That's cool. Yeah. So that was really cool. <laughs> so are you anxious to go, okay, we've got a couple more slides before I ask that question. Okay. So tell me about these people. Um, I so this is the moment. last night. Yeah. Um, this is, um, our translator. Hmm. So he was really cool. He got the people really involved, uh -huh. um, in, um, in in the dis in the in the meetings mm -hmm. like he'd ask them questions and like explain things and stuff it was actually his first time translating he just graduated recently from spicer so he's a, a new pastor okay and anyway so he helped us also like connect with the girls as well and with the people in the church so that was really very really nice cool. very nice okay um yeah and then um this is um shalini and varshini singing up front um, and with the pastor, mm -hmm. um, of the church, which was actually another really interesting story. Um, the second night after the first meetings, we, um, we gathered kind of for like our morning worship and, um, Israel comes in and he said, one of the pastors has been in an accident and we're like, what, what happened? And it, he's like, yeah, it was at this church and that was our church. And we were like, we just saw him last night. Everything was fine. Um, and so anyway, apparently what happened was that he had been unable to sleep at all for the last like three nights. And he'd been really busy preparing for the meetings. So he was really, really exhausted. And after the meeting, he got on his motorcycle to drive home and he fell asleep and crashed it and totaled the motorcycle oh. completely. Um, and he was in the hospital when we, um, when we heard about the accident. Uh -huh. Um, but then we went to the meeting that night and he was there oh, wow. actually. And he, he, his hand was really swollen. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, but in the picture, like his left hand is very like much bigger than his right hand. Mm. Um, and his foot was all kind of scraped up, okay, but so this is a different pastor than this. Yes. Yeah, so he's the translator Oh, I see. and he's the church pastor. Okay. Um, right. and so 
um, yeah, it was like, like he could have died. Yeah. Um, and thankfully he was wearing his helmet, but I don't think that it was just the helmet that saved him. Mm. Um, it, one of the things that we did before coming was we had 40 days of prayer, mm-hmm. um, for the meetings and for the people going on the meetings, but also for the translators and for the pastors and the people involved, because we know that, um, that the devil likes to attack anybody that he can, anybody involved and like cause any sort of problems. And we really wanted to make sure that that they were, you know, prayed for as well. And so I really believe that like his life was saved and answered Mm. to those prayers. And so we're like, I'm yeah, just super thankful for everybody who, who prayed for the, prayed for our trip and for everybody involved. And so it was really cool to kind of see that, that miracle like firsthand. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And this was just the last night. Some of the kids, a lot of people actually from our church got to come. Everybody kind of gathered together there were like 600 people maybe yeah. at the church on Sabbath. And so this is just some of the kids from our church. It was really special. That's awesome. So um, now that you were in India, how long, how many, how many weeks were you actually in India? Um, almost four weeks. Okay. So after being there for four weeks, mm-hmm. did you have any culture shock while you were there? Um, not at first. Oh. Um, I, because I was expecting a lot of it and I was excited about the new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after a while I started to long for familiar food and <laughs> um, familiar way of doing things and to have something more kind of comfortable because it is it is very uncomfortable to be put into an environment and a culture that is very different from yours. So as the excitement kind of wears off, it's... But the people like totally make up for anything like like any any of that like culture shock or anything that's just super special. Yeah. So would you be interested in going back? Absolutely. Would you recommend it to someone else? Yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So um, did you enjoy the evangelistic series doing that? It was definitely out of my comfort zone. I'm not the kind of person who usually gets up and speaks in front of people. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really wonderful way to um, to connect with God and to like to help other people connect with Him too. Mm. So I I think that it's it's really just special to see how He can how He can work through through that and even though I felt maybe incompetent a lot of the times like I'm not a very good speaker but I know that the Holy Spirit was working in people's hearts even if I didn't feel like so do you feel feel like you grew in your faith and your relationship with God and everything yeah definitely praise the Lord super special praise the Lord well we've got a few more we've got a few more uh, uh, people to talk to so thank you so Mm -hmm. much for your uh, time here. Thank you. And uh, God bless. Okay. Next is we're going to bring in, go ahead. Yes. We're going to bring in Anne Kathy. Many of you will know who, th- who Anne is. Uh, she's a church member here at South Bay. Come on in. And uh, I'm going to take a couple minutes to get your slideshow ready. Okay, for some reason, 
had sent it. I tried to air dry it. Oh, you did? Yeah, but well, it we didn't come through. We went through and deleted some pictures. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, so my darling wife is going to try to get over there and work on the slideshow, but she's not dressed for the occasion. At least she doesn't feel like it is. She is. So while she works on that, uh, welcome, Kathy. I mean, uh, Anne, if you want to hold the mic up really close. To, yeah, that's perfect. Okay. So um, this is uh, an exciting time. Thank you for coming and joining us. Thank you. And um, I didn't, when you first said that you were interested in coming on the trip, I was kind of sh surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I um, had planned to go to India with uh, another group and work at an orphanage over there, and mm. it fell through. Um, I ended up quitting my job because of Sabbath issues. Mm. And so I wasn't able to go. But uh, when you had mentioned if anyone was interested, I raised my hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you had kind of a miracle story about being able to go uh, as far as um, your work. I, um, I'm in the nursing field, and to be able to get two weeks off plus mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. is unheard of. Mm -hmm. They had told us, I think, a year before that um, we could not take two weeks off. So oh. what I did was I put three things before the Lord, one major one, mm -hmm. that I would have the time off. Mm -hmm. And um, I went into work and I looked at the calendar and the first date you gave us was December. Mm -hmm. And no one had signed up for the dates and I put mine in. Before the day was out, I found out I had those dates. Yeah, And then when I put in for the second dates in January, I was able to do that as well, which was a blessing. Um, the second thing was um, to get the money to go. And um, that was amazing, too. Um, you had shared with us about sending out letters to family and mm -hmm. friends and mm -hmm. and church members and mm -hmm. that the funds, you know, to uh, try to get some funds in for the trip. Mm -hmm. um, I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord to um, help me to do this. And I think it was within two weeks, all the money was in. Amazing. And it just, I knew the Lord wanted me to go. Yeah. So we had initially scheduled this trip for the beginning of December. Yes. Uh, and then when things started to happen, started to get close, we saw the, the ticket prices and that a lot of people weren't able to go. We started looking at other options of when we could go. Uh, we looked into the Christmas uh, break time, like around Christmas, New Year's, and it was astronomically expensive, like $1,800 just for the ticket. Mm -hmm. And then we started looking at January, towards the end of January, it's like $800. So we, re, we, we rescheduled it, and I was amazed that you were able to get that time off again. That was amazing. Yeah. So, um, so we have some pictures that you uh, have taken while you're over there, and um, this this looks like a picture that you have some stories about. Uh, Beulah is standing in the yellow and black. She came with me um, to the church, and she's from Barbados. Right. You hadn't uh, met her before this trip. No, I met her in Atlanta when we were there, and. Um, <laughs> The other ladies that are standing there are church members. The one in orange, mm -hmm. um, she is Hindu, yeah. 
And it's interesting, we went, the pastor took us around the neighborhood there of the church, and we went to her house. Mm. And um, we went in, and they are very poor around mm-hmm. that area. Mm-hmm. She went hunting for a chair so that we would be able to sit down. And I didn't understand it, but when you go to their home, they want to give you things. Mm-hmm. So she, we had just eaten, but she offered us banana, then milk, which I can't have dairy, mm. and then everything else. And we went back and said, okay, a banana. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, wait a minute. I need to go to the store to get the banana. <laughs> and this was through an interpreter, wow. the pastor there. And uh, So she didn't have much in her house. So I went up to her, mm-hmm. and I grabbed her by her hands, and I said, what I really want is you to come to the meeting tonight. Mm. Uh, this is a personal invitation. And that night she showed up. Nice. She brought bananas. <laughs> but it was just so amazing. She came, and I think about every night that we held the meetings there, she came. Wow. That's fantastic. Here you are with um, Beulah. This is and... Pastor Stalling. Okay. He's the pastor of the church, and uh, Beulah and I are standing there with him. Okay. These are some of the children, and each mm. night they had a... Um, special music, special music and that, and they, they sung to us Uh and then, um, we started our presentation. Very nice. Oh, here we go. (laughs) That's precious. Makes me want to go back. This is a group of the children and, uh, some of the adults. Okay. And um, toward the end of our 10 days and that, um, it was amazing to me. They had, to me, it was like a mini camp meeting. Mm, Um, They had said that they were going to have like 500 there, but they put up this like a lean-to thing in like a day and a half, Mm -hmm. and there were, I think, 700 people. At least. And it was from all the churches around the area, and it was nice to see the members of the church that that I had uh, went to. Mm -hmm. It was so nice. Yeah. And they would get up and they sang to us. Nice. Um, This is one of the villages. As we were driving by, I was taking photos Mm. and that, and it just amazed me how... You know, they are very poor, and, and yet we're so well off. Yeah. We are here. Really we just you... don't know it. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the villages. Um, the last day that we were there, they took us to this village, mm. and it it just was so amazing. Mm. The people were happy. They have a Bible worker there mm. that managed to get in and... She was feeding them rice and that, and uh, they allowed her to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a young lady that is at the this um, does the night schools there or that uh, participates, mm-hmm. and you can see they've got the tarps and different things over just sticks. Yeah, yeah. And this is a shelter that they built, mm-hmm. uh, and they do the. Um, night schools, the night classes there, it just amazed me. Um, Yeah. They uh, stood up and sang for us. Um, The young man there named Luke that Uh was with our group, Uh um, his mother 
there were she brought the three children in that and we had a time where several of us were sick mm-hmm. and she went to the church with her son and I heard that because his mother was sick that 12-year-old boy stood up and he preached yes God is so good yes and I can imagine with him preaching how many were just blessed by it yeah that was awesome yeah for sure there's those kids uh, right. in that uh, really poor village singing yeah. and when we visited when I visited there the year before they didn't know how to sing that was it's awesome so. and you can see the next slide I think shows oh yeah oh. Those are uh, Bible songs, Bible verse, scripture songs. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the scripture song there. Oh, no, no, no. Paloma, that's a Christian song. I mean, that's a uh, talking about let's go to heaven. <laughs> I thought that was very special. Yeah, now these girls, this is what... I'm so excited about because those girls normally would be married and already pregnant. Um, there's the normal thing is by the time you're 16, you're already got your third uh, third baby on the way. <sighs> so this school gives them options, gives them, yeah, options in life for something they could do. So that was that's awesome. That was nice that she was able to get into the village and that and be able to um, open the school up yeah, for them. Yeah, because when she first went there, they were afraid of her. Yeah. They says, oh, you're high class. You're too high class for us. And she makes $90 a month as a Bible worker. And uh, they, she had a nice sari on, and so they didn't. They were afraid of her. They would, But she would come up and say, look, I'm the same as you. And she would touch them and befriend them and then she started bringing food to them and feeding them and that's how it broke down the barriers right and then she was able to start the evening school yeah that was such a blessing i can't say that any of us could go and do that because it would have to be um someone from india right speak the language and know how to do that you know Um, and the village is very friendly to us now yeah but in the past they would it would not. And these are the things that are hanging in that little... little now, those, I think, were memory verses or something. Am I right? Uh, I can't read Tamil, but I would guess you're right, yeah. And that, of course, is my granddaughter. I brought that uh, back with me, and uh, she looks so pretty there. <laughs> you bought that over there? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Now. That's cute. So would you go back? I would go back. And something else I wanted to share, to me, that was way out of my comfort zone. I am a very shy person, Mm. and I was one of them that did the preaching every night. Mm. And it was only through the Lord. Mm. And yes, I was nervous. Yes, I was nervous in going. Yes, I was (laughs) nervous in flying. But you know, the Lord helped me through it all. Mm. And I think that it would be good for anyone. I think that it's a blessing to Mm. be given the opportunity to go Mm. because, you know, we think that we don't have much. We have a lot. Mm. We have a lot here. Yeah, yeah. I do have a question for you. You seem to be like a hero when it comes to jet lag and travel. 
mean, tell me about what that was like, the jet lag. Um, I may have dosed a little bit, <laughs> but when I got back, I could have actually worked wow. the next day. Wow. See, I'm wiped out I for... I slept at night, uh-huh. and I was wide awake during the day, except if we travel. Okay. But, uh... So it wasn't a big deal for you? No. Wow. And you didn't get sick because a number of people got sick on that? No, I didn't. I, um, I did a few things to prevent it. Mm. Um, I took the emergency, mm-hmm. you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do some walking while I was there, and I'm, I walk quite a bit at work. So okay, yeah. So I was used to that. Pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. How about the food? What was the food like? The food to me was very hot. I'm not used to that. Spicy? Spicy hot. Okay. And um, They had toned I it had, way down for you. For yes, us. they did. They toned it down. <laughs> Israel was very nice, mm. and he took care of us while we were out at Mount Carmel. Yeah. And uh, they um, toned it down. We were able to eat it, even at the church that we stopped at um, mm. that was up in the mountain. Okay. And it was really nice. and. Yeah. The church that we went to uh, each evening, they provided a meal, mm. and mm. I did the best I could. <laughs> but it wasn't about that. It was about mm. the people, mm. and that's what mattered. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up each evening after the meetings and that, we prayed with the people, and mm. that, to me, was very important and important to them. Mm. So you would you would recommend other people to go... Absolutely. Now, how do you feel the church, uh, South Bay, has chosen to support uh, as a project, as a family, South Bay family project, uh, 10 Bible workers in India? How do you feel about that? Do you think I think that? it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're doing it. I, I think it's a blessing to be able to help. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So um, you also mentioned camaraderie. Uh, what, was, what do you mean by camaraderie? Mm. You enjoyed... Traveling with the team and... Oh, definitely. Hmm. Definitely. Um, I I enjoyed getting to know the other people. Uh, okay. With the group, there was a wide range of ages. Uh-huh. There were... Luke was 12, and I'm yeah. not sure who the oldest one was. <laughs> but I think it was nice. I think we got along pretty good. Yeah, we did great. I really did. The Holy Spirit was there, for sure. Yes. So anyway, thank you, Anne, for joining us and sharing a little bit of your trip. I know you have a lot of stories, and I can tell that your heart, part of your heart, is still over there. Yes, I would like to go back. Okay, well, maybe we can do that uh, and go to the South Bay uh, area next time. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, and uh, we have a next guest coming on. Um, not sure who, but uh, come on in, John. And uh, John Ramirez, is uh, he's from this area. He, uh, it was a last-minute thing for him to come with us. He was not planning to go, but at the last minute, I just felt the Holy Spirit calling uh, and, and, and prompting us to, to bring him. And so he joined us on the trip. Uh, it was a miracle uh, for you getting there with your visa and everything that it, it, to, 
it, that it took. I mean, it was Monday morning. Yeah. We left Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Tuesday around noon. Yeah. Monday morning, you weren't planning to go. No. <laughs> but halfway through the morning, we like, hey, John, why don't you go? And you're like, sure. So I checked tickets. Same price as everybody else. Yeah. I was not expecting you to ask me that question, actually. I already had planned out, like, well, since I'm staying, I just need to prepare everything, like what to do, the work that I needed to do. But uh-huh. uh, once you asked me that question, I was just like, wow, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so overall, just in general, what was your experience? Tell Oof. us about Well, from the beginning, uh, when you asked me the question, I was just thinking, is this what God wants me to do first? Um I was just praying a lot actually that day in my mind when I was doing all these things, like packing everything, because it was the next day. I was just, oh, this is a lot of work. Yeah. But um, uh, I just kept asking, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is this uh, your will? Um, if it is, then, you know, use me. Uh, whatever it takes, um, if I need to, like, preach or say a sermon or something like that, testimony, you know, be your words and not mine. Mm. Um, it was very hard at first because I thought that. Um, it wasn't actually God's plan to take me, especially when I got uh, the signs of being denied, like I couldn't go. Mm. Like, for example, the first time I was doing my visa, I kept getting so many errors. And mm. at first I was just like getting, okay. It's an online application. Yeah, correct. The online visa application. And I was getting so many errors. But after trying four times, I finally was able to get it the fifth time. Mm. Um and uh, I didn't have my visa when I went to the airport, so that's another story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we tried so many times you asking if they... Your visa confirmation number came during your travel. Yes, <laughs> yes. A lot of people is like, how's that even possible? Are you going to get in trouble with that? No, it's in the Lord's It's Lord's will. He's, yeah. he's responsible for that. I was worried that when we got to the airport, but uh, you came through. The Lord just protected you, and you yeah. made it there. And What was it like being there? How did you like the people, the food? The- uh, wow. Well, first of all, uh, even being Hispanic, um, I normally should tolerate hot food, <laughs> but um, but I have uh, I had a surgery, and my doctors told me not to like basically not eat anything spices because it could hurt your stomach and whatnot. And so mm. I stopped eating spices for a long time, so I didn't have that tolerance. But <laughs> eating the Indian food over there was so good that I was like, ah, oh, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna stick around. After a week, I think I start building up pretty yeah. good tolerance so so yeah. what about uh the people the evening the people uh the they were so friendly i was mm. not expecting that um people are very open actually um in church uh they give you this respect um that i've never had mm. in any place mm. um it's just that it's amazing how people are actually very friendly they give you food they give you everything that you need mm. uh, there is some sort of hierarchy that you know they put you in this position or this pedestal mm. i didn't want that I, mm. I just wanted to mingle with the people and mingle mm. with the children when they saw that they were like just like wow they okay yeah i just i just love the children as well yeah, they were yeah. really nice as well yeah yeah <laughs> so would you rec would you go again yes definitely i mm. will definitely go back to india or wherever god leads me actually mm. um i was actually praying to go to mongolia and got close the doors after this um pandemic basically happened and mm. they closed the you're gonna go there you're gonna move there yeah i was gonna move there and be right. a missionary over there in mongolia because uh, my wife and i we were thinking that that's where god was calling us mm-hmm. um but that door closed but um we're still praying whether if that's still the place in the future mm-hmm. um but we're still um also planning to either go other places that haven't had the gospel yet because okay. i mean this is this is what we're supposed to be doing sharing 
the gospel to people that don't know. And I actually asked a few people that were just around the city and Udama Pet when we were staying at. I just sat with people that were friendly and talked to me. It's like, oh, a picture. And I was like, no, no pictures, but um, how are you doing? And I met them and I talked to them uh, when Gabe was there sometimes. And I will ask, uh, do you know who this person is or Jesus and stuff like that? Because I really wanted to know like how many people knew. And they're like, no, you're talking about the other guy over there. And like, you know, and it just blew my mind. You know, people don't have this concept. They don't know this God that we know of. And wow. that's just, it opens so many doors. It's, it's wow. just amazing to see that people are actually wanting to know, like, oh, who is this person? Like, they right. get curious. Right, 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 right. So, right. Yeah. so you, okay, wow. So then uh, this is your first time in a country that had so little knowledge of Jesus. Yes, okay. yes, it is. I've been to uh, per- Puerto Rico all my life. That's where I lived. And, mm. um, just to, to know that there are people actually that don't even know who Jesus is was just a minor concept. I just didn't understand, like, how uh-huh. is that even pos- possible? Like, we have the Internet. We have, uh, you know, TV or ways like that. But when I went there, I was like, these people don't have TVs. These mm. people don't have Internet. They Some people don't have electricity, even mm. so, or phones. Mm-hmm. And that actually gave me the strength and just the motivation to be able to be like okay people do need jesus like they need to hear about jesus so the gospel commission taking the gospel to yeah. the world <laughs> yeah is not done yet no it's not it's <laughs> not we think it is but it's not really like i've heard so many people say that you know it's being reached all around the world like you know mm-hmm. 80 90 percent and we just have to wait you know right. until jesus comes but right. if you ask the person and a person tells you that they don't know jesus and there's a problem <laughs> yeah it's a big problem yeah Wow. Yeah. So um, how did this change your life? Have you seen a difference since you've been back? Well, um, I would say it has made an impact in my life in the sense of knowing that there are people that mm. haven't heard. Mm. So and it gives me a responsibility. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Um, like, if I don't do that job, who else is going to do it, first right. of all? And second is that um, we have the advantage and we have all these things that have been given to us just because of our ancestors just mm. you know we have so much advantage so much wisdom yeah. and not sharing it that to a person that doesn't know right. uh, like it's just it just blows my mind i just really need to think like people that shouldn't hear it the gospel twice if they haven't heard it once. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that's uh my thing. If I ever get a chance to go to India, I will go definitely go again. Okay. I'll definitely go again. All right. What was your favorite food? Uh, <laughs> I already I can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> parota. Oh uh, parota. If you um, if you guys ever had a chance to eat parota, you should go and eat parota. That's the amazing thing. It's just like this bread. Oh man, I just can't explain it. Uh, Puerto we'll Rico it. actually has something similar, arepas, but it doesn't come close to that. Though. I like arepas too. Yeah, arepas are yeah. good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, yeah. I'm really glad that you're able to come on the trip with us and. Uh, and now we're gonna bring someone else in here. Yeah, getting. I'm running a little bit late. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank, well, you, thank for you for joining us, John. Thank you. God thank bless. You, John. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. That's an amazing concept. What he said about uh, meeting people and asking them, uh, "Have you heard of Jesus?" And uh, people saying, "No, I haven't heard of Jesus." And you don't get that if you asked people here in, in America. You probably get. Very few people that have never heard the name of Jesus. But in places like that in India, there's so many people that have never heard the name. 
much less the story of Christ. Yeah. So this is uh, Brother Joe's story. Speaking of Joe, of story. <laughs> and you're retired, you're a pastor, nurse. Nurse practitioner. Mac- yeah. Okay. All right. And, um, and you're living in the area about 12 miles away. 12.2 miles. <laughs> and uh, you heard about this trip through a friend, mutual friend. A, a friend of mine out in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had recently moved out there, and he went to faith camp. Okay. And uh, I had I had been thinking of going since oh, a, a year before. Okay. And I ran, I was in Egypt on another mission trip and okay. ran into Ed Dunn. Okay. Which he was in Egypt for less than a day in wow. Cairo, and I was in Cairo for less than a day. And I said, hey, these things don't just happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I heard from him, and he was wanting me to go with a Canadian group. Mm. And then this worked out, and mm. I said, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, what, how was your? What was your overall general experience uh, on this trip? What do you think? What do you think? I thought it was very positive. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I roomed with John Ramirez mm-hmm. and Gabe, mm-hmm. and uh, Bindu. Mm-hmm. So, one old guy with the three young fellows, <laughs> and that was kind of interesting. It was fun. Uh-huh. We had a good time, uh-huh. and then. Uh, John and I went to the same church together. Okay. And that was exciting. Mm-hmm. The It was about a 45-minute drive over to that church, mm. a little bitty church. And the first night, we got there a little early, and I was mingling with people, just trying to meet them. Hi, I'm Joe Story, and they would give their names. And I thought most of the people there had some sort of a Christian background. Mm-hmm. And I meet this one young man. I introduced myself, and he said, Hi, I'm Shiva. And uh, I thought, now that's an interesting name for a Christian <laughs> because Shiva is one of the Hindu gods. Yeah, one of the main ones. Yes. Yeah. It turns out this young man was the priest at a temple about 100 feet from the church. Wow. And he came for three nights, and after the meeting, each night he asked me to have prayer with him. Mm. And so for three nights, we had prayer together. Wow. And I haven't stopped praying for him. Yeah. Shiva. Shiva. We'll pray for him, too. Yeah. So then um, what was it like giving the meetings there? I know that you've traveled quite a bit, but what was it like doing meetings? Well... The church was little. You couldn't get very many people in there. Mm-hmm. But people were very attentive. Mm-hmm. And I found wherever you go, mm-hmm. people are people. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they respond to friendliness, to a smile. Mm-hmm. And they, they were really interested. We started out talking about creation. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that helped to get things in perspective about the God that we were trying to introduce people to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it turned out we had uh, several young people, teenagers, Mm -hmm. who had not been baptized. We had one young woman who was coming each night, and she was helping to teach the children, and she was not a member. Mm -hmm. And three teenage boys and this young woman were baptized, and that, that was just really exciting to see that. That's awesome. 
It wow. was. <laughs> so um, would you go there again? Oh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yes. I would go there. I would go, well, wherever the gospel needs to be preached is yeah. where I like to go. Right, right. You see a lot of need there. Oh, tremendous. Uh, the picture of that poor village that uh, you showed earlier, hmm. uh, that... That really impressed me, the need there, mm-hmm. the need for just decent housing, mm. let alone the gospel, I mean. Right. The, yeah. uh, the needs are so great, and yeah. I believe we have what people need. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems like the gospel yeah. is something that is an agent of change and right. blessing, that when they have that gospel, then it gives them permission to improve their lot in life. Right. Uh, yeah, when we went to that village, I'll never forget, it was a big, rocky area. Mm-hmm. And that one little girl, somewhere she'd gotten an old bicycle. I don't think it had a chain on it, but it was all downhill to where we were going. And and she took off on that bicycle and beat us there and told everybody we were coming. And <laughs> she was so excited. And when we left there... I was pretty excited that we'd gotten to go there. Hmm. Yeah, make those connections. Right. Yeah. Um, so what was the th- one thing of this trip that stood out to you the most? My, that's <laughs> there was a number of things that stood out. Okay. Uh, but I would say just, just the tremendous need, if mm. nothing else. Mm. Everywhere we mm. went, mm. it seemed to be that there wasn't much of an understanding or people hadn't heard the gospel. Wow. And everywhere we went, we'd see Hindu temples with gods all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure these people, as the Apostle Paul put it, they were, they were very superstitious, which in his words... Uh, they're honest people that are they're they're wanting something there and we have it yeah that's right that that's right. that was exciting wow yeah it's told the statistic is that 30 to 40% of all people in india would accept jesus if somebody would tell them yeah and we're talking about 300 to 500 million people that would accept christ if somebody would tell them yeah so that's a huge open door. That's right. To go to go forward. Um, what was your impression of the Bible workers, the local Bible workers? I felt that they were they were anxious to reach people. Mm-hmm. My impression was that they were dedicated, very dedicated people. Mm-hmm. Our translator was actually well, he was a student, a senior at Spicer College, mm-hmm. but he had been a college professor mm. in the sciences. Mm. His wife is a college professor, a master's in nursing. Mm. And these two want to be in ministry. Mm. Mm. And that's why he went back to Spicer. Wow. And that was exciting. Yeah. I, I picked up the, the pastor at our church was a retired government worker. Mm. And he's pastoring without any kind of a salary because he gets his retirement from the government. He said, okay. that's plenty. Oh, I know that guy. And he's he's really <laughs> on fire for the yeah, Lord. He is. He's got like five churches that he's 
building up yes uh, around that area and <laughs> and so we we met people that were really excited about getting the message out yeah, yeah. and right now obviously we can't do any mission trips right at the moment right. but those people are there and they're reaching out that's right that's and right. some of them are in touch with shiva okay uh, i heard that he was very interested in becoming a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, but getting out of being the priest yeah. in that little temple is... priest has a lot of influence in, in the town. Yes, and he also has a lot of responsibility and a lot of people that would take it pretty hard if he were to become a Christian. Mm. So his life would be in danger? Could be. Mm. Wow. So we'll keep praying for Shiva. Yes. <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to add as we... Well, I'm I'm just glad that I got to go, and uh, I'm looking forward to future trips when the Lord opens the door. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again, All absolutely. Right. All right, well, thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate you coming on uh, our show here. <laughs> well, God bless you. Thank you. You too. You too. Yeah, okay, so... We're going to have our last guest on, which is uh, somebody you at uh, South Bay know very well, Brother Jason Rainey. Come on in, Jason. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, 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 good. So um, tell me about uh, what, was, what was it that called you to come on this trip? How did you sense the Lord's calling? Well, I... I've been interested in missions for a few years um, and had the opportunity to go on another mission trip to Peru. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was kind of excited about that, but that didn't work out. Okay. So when I heard about this one, I thought, yes, I have to go on this one. <laughs> okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. So then um, tell me about how that all worked out, How? because uh, I remember that you had decided to go on the trip and then you decided not to. And then I saw you at a prayer meeting, I think, is uh, one of the 10 days of prayer. Yes. Um, I had been really interested in going and uh, felt God would lead um, and not to worry about too much. Um, but the closer the dates get, uh, I felt I kind of got nervous about the whole thing of going, um, yeah. preaching in front of people and the finances of it. Um, and so I I backed out, mm. uh, and then the date changed from December to January. Yeah. And so time went by, and God was working on my heart and my mind, and uh -huh. um, then we met at the 10 Days of Prayer, mm -hmm. um, and it seemed kind of spontaneous. You just walked up and said, hey, there's still, and I said, yes, let's, <laughs> let's do this. It's an amazing, I mean, to me, it's kind of a miracle because we purchased our tickets, I think, uh, a month, maybe two months in advance, and for about, about $800, about $750, $760, something like that, to India and back. And then when I saw you, it was like, what, three weeks or two weeks ahead of time? And I checked the prices, they're almost exactly the same price, which is crazy. So I see that as a God thing. That's one of the fingerprints of God. Let's say, yes. Um, to, I, 
to to see that uh, low prices yet at that close of a trip. Yeah. 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 Definitely God's working. So what was it like um, arriving in India when you got to India? Um, I had been to third world countries before, and so it really wasn't too much of a culture shock. Okay. Um, I was a little surprised at some of the driving habits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of motorcycles, and the motorcycles just swarm around all the cars. Yeah, it's just like Like bees. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of fun uh, for me to bring people over to India because for me, that's just normal. I don't even notice anymore. But when I first went to India, I was freaking out all the time. In fact, I was so scared that I turned around and faced backwards in the in the van that we were mm-hmm. in. They had some seats facing backwards. That scared me worse because I saw the fear on the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so um, the, what about the food? Did you do okay with the food? The food was probably, for me, the most difficult part. Mm. Um, I'm somewhat picky on my food, and I, I don't do hot, spicy stuff. And uh-huh. so even though they had toned it down quite a bit, it was still flaming fire to me. <laughs> and how did you handle that? Um, well, I just had to pick and choose what I ate. Um, Plain rice. Yes. <laughs> how was your, uh, what was it like at your, at your church? Uh, the church was very small, um, like all the rest of them, I'm sure, um, mm-hmm. right across the street from a big Hindu temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people were very warm and welcoming. Uh, mm-hmm. The kids were great. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the kids spoke English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as you, what was it like to present to the people? Uh, I was quite nervous at first. Um, it's a good thing I had a well-written script to go by. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I was nervous. And being barefoot, for some reason, was a little disturbing. Uh, barefoot? If, yes, because in some cultures, you take your shoes off when you go into the building. And right. that, that we did there. Right. And to me, it was... It was a unique experience to be up front preaching or doing anything like that, but then be barefoot besides. Um, so that was a little awkward. It's kind of biblical. Yes, it probably is. <laughs> so what was the response to the people? How was your translator? How was the people? Um... The translator was the minister, mm-hmm. um, and he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I had gone through and I had written a few changes into the script. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke those changes, he didn't interpret them the way I spoke them because he was reading off the script too. (laughs) And some of the kids that spoke English caught him on it (laughs) and said something. So I quit changing the script so that it would be smoother. Yeah, okay. And uh, what was the, um, uh, like, as time went by, did you get more comfortable? Were you more? Yes. In fact, we were told the first day that there was going to be a government official um, coming on the second day. Hmm. And so I tried to talk my partner into taking that. Okay. And he said, no way, you're not getting out of this. (laughs) Who was your partner? You were. (laughs) So Got that right. (laughs) That was good, though. Um, um, I I shouldn't say I got used to it, but I got more comfortable. Okay. Okay. 
and it flowed a lot smoother. Mm. Um, I tried to rely more on the Spirit of God instead of myself, mm. and so I just said, well, whatever happens, it's God's will. Mm. Have my peace and do right. His work. Right. So um, would you go again? Oh, definitely. Really? So another interesting aspect of your trip over there is the day that you got back was the day before your flight to Nicaragua, which you had planned several yes. weeks before this trip. Um, I had bought tickets to Nicaragua mm -hmm. back in, like, November. Mm -hmm. And so then when the date changed for the trip to India, mm -hmm. I was a little worried because I thought there might be some overlap. Right. In, in fact, there actually was. Mm. So I had to alter my Nicaraguan trip so mm. that I flew back India. I uh, had one day in the States, mm -hmm. wash clothes, repack mm -hmm. my suitcase, mm -hmm. and then fly out to Nicaragua on the next day. <laughs> so that was a little different. I remember I, was, I stayed in India while you went to Nicaragua, and I started getting messages from you. And I'm looking at the time, and I'm thinking, what are you doing up so early in the morning? <laughs> You're not like Ann Kathy. You didn't sleep all night the first time, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> so? When, when I got over to Nicaragua, in fact, the whole time I'm thinking, um, <clears throat> I'd like to do something like this in Nicaragua. Uh, a little uh, group go over and do a, an evangelistic effort. And so I got this rolling through my mind this whole time. Mm. Um, so when I get there, um, the first or second night, mm -hmm. I wake up wide awake at 2, two in the morning, mm. um, feeling totally rested. Um, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 2 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Okay. And... So I, I thought, I, you know, and I had this going through my mind about this evangelism effort. Because I remember you were over there in India, and you, your heart's in Nicaragua. I mean, you've been praying about that. You've gone there several times. And so you were talking to me, and you're saying, man, this is, I want to do this 10-village effort in Nicaragua. In Nicaragua. Yes. And, and you kept saying that. And so when you get there and you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, that's what you started thinking about, right? Y yes, I had this in, in my... My mind was just so active, I couldn't believe it. The Holy Spirit was just grinding away on my mind. And so I, I got my notebook out, and I started making notes. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm writing down these two pages of notes, and mm. it's just, um, my mind was so active going over and see, what could we do, where are we going to get the people, how are we going to do all this? Mm. You know, and so, you know, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, and I'm writing all this stuff down. Okay. And so then I, I look at it all and I say, wow, how are we going to make this happen? Hmm. And I say, God, if this is your will, you know, and I don't usually ask God for a sign. Right. Because I'm the kind of person that likes to speak verbally with God. I think that's the way he speaks, is verbally okay. with us. Okay. But for some reason, I was impressed to ask for a sign. Hmm. You, know, you mean like he speaks to us through the word, through the Bible, or you hear his voice? You hear his voice in your head. Oh, yeah, thoughts. Thoughts, yeah. Okay. Like not he, audible. He, no. Okay. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> and so I asked him, if this is your will, mm. uh, I love thunderstorms, please make it rain. That would be an answer to prayer. This is the rainy season? This is the dry season, so it doesn't rain. Wow. And so I thought, 
Okay, God, if this is your will, make it rain. Okay, all right. So the next morning, I'm laying in bed, and my I wake up, and my eyes are I'm facing away from the window, and I'm thinking, boy, there's a weird sound outside. And what time of morning was this? It was like six in the morning. The same morning or the next? The ver- the next morning. Okay. It wasn't the same. It was the next. Okay. And so I roll over, and I look out, and it's raining outside. Wow. So I was ecstatic. I got up, I, I got out and went outside, and yeah, it was actually raining on me. So I thought, wow, this is a huge answer to prayer. <laughs> and I, I was just amazed. Mm. Uh, here it is in the dry season, and it's raining. Wow. And not only did it rain then... Uh-huh. But later in the day, we went, I went to breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, it had rained a little bit and quit. Okay. So I went to breakfast okay. at the cafeteria. I came out, uh-huh. and it was raining on me again. Right. I thought, okay, well, that's cool. Twice. Right, right, right. right. Um, and so I went to my room, got changed a little bit. We were going to go to town and buy some material for some of the projects in Nicaragua there. Okay. And so on our way to get these... This material, uh-huh. it starts raining again. I'm thinking, wow, the third time. Third time, okay. <laughs> and so I thought, I look up in the sky and I said, God, you know, if it rains seven times, I'll just stay here and work here in Nicaragua. And it rained on me seven times that day. Wow. I was amazed. Um, not sure quite what to do with that yet, but I think God has a work down in Nicaragua. Yeah, I'd say so. You had another confirmation of mm. that as well. Do you care to share that? Sure. Okay. Um, we were getting ready to go to town again. This was uh, the second to last day that I was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um and I went to the cafeteria, uh, ate my breakfast. Uh, you pick up your tray and you take your tray in and you clean your own dishes and everything to help, you know, help them out mm-hmm. so that they don't have to have a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And while I'm waiting in line to do this, a lady walks up to me that I had never seen before. Um, she, she said... <clears throat> Sorry. It's okay. She said, I saw you before when you were here before. Mm-hmm. She's Spanish, and so her, her English was pretty broken up. Mm-hmm. And my hearing is not so good anymore. <laughs> um, she said, I've been praying about you, mm. knowing the work that you're doing here. Mm. And then she said, I had a, I had a dream about you. She said, you were standing somewhere, Mm -hmm. and there was this glowing light all about you. And she asked God what the glowing light was. Mm. And God said, it's because because of the work that he's doing here. Wow. And I got the distinct impression right then and there that he meant the evangelistic effort that we were planning. Wow. And so 
I was kind of taken back by the whole thing, and so I walk out of the cafeteria and down the sidewalk, and and I get in the car to go to town, and I'm still thinking about this. And I thought, boy, I should have stopped and talked to her some more. Mm. But that's past. Yeah. So you would be open to doing an evangelistic series in Nicaragua then? Oh yes, definitely. In fact, I asked around um, some of the conference officials, and they seem to be pretty open about it also. Okay, all right. No dates or anything have been set, but we're still in the works. Okay, so you've heard it here first, firsthand from uh, Jason. This is your first public kind of like telling of this story, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I've told a few other people, but it's the first public. That's an amazing story. So God has definitely got a direction on your life. Yes, there's something there. Yeah. So um, maybe we can uh, put something together, huh? That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Well, we're a little over time, um, but uh, God is good. And um, we'd like to um, do this again, maybe in a, in a couple months. And uh uh, I want to inspire. I hope that these that these testimonies have inspired you to to step out of your comfort zone, uh, whether that be here locally in the uh, in the community, or overseas. You know, God has a place for everybody, and there's a lot of opportunity, and there's a lot of joy in sharing the gospel. Uh, closer walk with Christ, you sense the Holy Spirit, you sense your need. There's a lot of benefits. I believe that God has given us the Great Commission for our benefit, uh, for our joy. And that's where our joy is, that's where our character growth is, and that's where our, uh, our that's what we've been made for. Um, as you heard the sermon this morning, the scripture was, you know, we were created to walk in good works, that he foreordained, that he ordained before the creation of the world. This is, this is our destiny, uh, to do this kind of thing. And so I'm excited. Yes, whether, whether that's here in our neighborhood or whether that's halfway around the world. Or both. Yes, both, yes. <laughs> Let's do as much as we can uh, with the places that we're put and the opportunities that we have. Yeah, with the time we have left. Yes. Definitely. Which might win, be about Win shorter. souls to the kingdom. Is it possible to go to, to um, Nicaragua during this corona thing? I believe they are still open. Um, and flights are really cheap. I just looked not too long ago. It's like uh, 50, no, that was up to go up north. It was $150 oh, okay. to go down to Nicaragua and back. Round trip. Round trip. $150 round trip. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, let us close with prayer. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together virtually while keeping our distance. We thank you for um, the gift of mission, the gift of taking your gospel, that you have ordained your church, you have commissioned your church to be the one that takes the gospel to the rest of the world. Father, I want to ask your forgiveness for being so relaxed about this, for treating this like it was like an option, a very distant option. We ask for your spirit to come and give us a burden for lost souls, the burden that you have that, that broke the heart of Christ. And yet he was filled with love that was immeasurable, even while he was hanging on the cross, Father. Help us to see things from a heavenly perspective, to see people from a heavenly perspective. Father, I want to pray especially for my brother Jason as you have laid this burden on his heart. 
We ask that you will continue to lead him and guide him and show him what he can do, where he can go, what steps he should take to make this a reality, Father. You have placed the burden. We know that you have the means and the ability to guide and direct. And Father, for each of us in the South Bay Adventist Church and whoever's watching, I ask for a special blessing upon them, blessing of your spirit to lead and guide. I claim the promise that you gave in John chapter 14, where you said that you will guide us into all truth. And that truth is not just uh, theoretical truth or Bible truth, but it's the truth of where we can each be most effective in this life. Father, for your kingdom, this life will not last much longer, but heaven will last forever. Help us to prepare ourselves, our family, and everybody else that we can, Father. Help us to do as much as we can while we still have the chance. Thank you for your grace, and thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that concludes our Missions Vespers for this evening. I hope you've enjoyed it, and um, we'll do this again sometime soon, hopefully where we can get together and uh, see each other eye to eye. Definitely. Thanks for joining us.